We are making the best of what we have. And again, we've you know painted and carpeted and tiled the building at the new Carrie Gosh. And the families are grateful for that and feel relieved that we took care of it in a quick order. Uh, but certainly I know that the staff are you know mourning the fact that we are not in the old building and probably never will be again. From the Times of Northwest Indiana and nwi.com slash podcasts, this is Byline. A show about one newspaper's most fascinating stories and the reporters who tell them. I'm Andrew Jones. I'm Kale Wilk. And this week, we're going to go back to East Chicago. We'll return to Carrie Gosh Elementary School to find out how people are coping with life-altering changes. It was just such a huge issue to deal with, and it's still such a huge issue. This story has garnered national attention. And we'll meet an administrator looking to do the best for her kids. The families are grateful for that and feel relieved that we took care of it in a quick order. A few months back, the news broke suddenly. There was lead in the soil of the West Calumet housing complex, and it was dangerous. An Indiana community is desperate to relocate from its lead-poisoned land, and federal officials say they need more than a million dollars to help with the move. The EPA your home is not safe, and you should move out. That's the message more than... 1,000 residents are getting in East Chicago. CBS 2's Dorothy Tucker reports. Parents here uh, tonight, Gosh Elementary School, is concerned about unsafe lead levels that were found in the housing complex next door. The EPA is cleaning up, but parents in are fact, still... In fact, it was very dangerous. People know. began to throw the, the word flint the around. News media, byline included, began to search for answers and clues, trying to figure out just why these people had been allowed to live in a place that could have been so dangerous to their health. A place where there were high levels of lead and arsenic in the soil, deposited from factories long ago demolished. Today, East Chicago is dealing with the aftermath of the lead contamination. When we visited back in August, residents were still asking questions about what was going to happen next. Were they going to be forced to leave their homes to change their lives, to be a part of the investigation as to whether or not the lead issue was a danger to their health? Now, many of those concerns are coming to fruition, with residents still looking at an uncertain and unstable future. One of those residents we visited when we first dove into the story was Markeith Williams. Williams had kids young enough to be attending the West Calumet Elementary School, Carrie Gosh, which is located on the contaminated area. Here's what she had to say about her concerns at that point. Have you heard recently of the school board vote to relocate them? Mm-hmm. What do you think about that? Um, it's an inconvenience to me because they can just walk up to school. You know, it's just an inconvenience. I don't know the other location yet. But I'm sure it's far. The school is on the same land that this property is on. So if, if we got, if the kids have lead, they have it already, you know. The decision hadn't been made at that point, but a few short weeks later, the Kerry Gosh Elementary School at West Calumet was no more. Suddenly, over 400 students, along with staff and administrators, packed their bags and moved. One particular individual responsible for the well-being of the children was Dr. Paige McNulty, superintendent of the school city of East Chicago. Once details came to light about the lead contamination, she made the announcement a week before classes began. 
Carrigosh Elementary would not hold classes and instead the students would be placed in Westside Middle School, a little north of Carrigosh at the corner of Indianapolis Boulevard and Columbus Drive. Since then, the middle school has been renamed Carrigosh, and the transition, as far as Dr. McNulty sees, has gone well, especially with such a short time frame. Even Indiana Superintendent of Schools, Glenda Ritz, toured the facilities. Um, but we are making the best of what we have. And again, we've you know painted and carpeted and tiled the building at the new Cary Gosh. And the families are grateful for that and feel relieved that we took care of it in a quick order. Uh, but certainly I know that the staff are you know mourning the fact that we are not in the old building and probably never will be again. But the, the staff has definitely rallied and come together as a team. Um, you know, I, the very first meeting that I had with the staff after I made the decision to close Carrie Gosh, I met with the staff members separately and was explaining to them what was happening. And I, at one point I said to the staff, we've got some lemons and we need to make some lemonade. And the staff members um, have taken it upon themselves to make T-shirts now that say that says we've got, we had some lemons, we made lemonades with a picture on it, and we're proudly around the school. And I, I I take great pride in that because I you know they they embrace that and they have worked very hard to make sure that they are positive for the kids and for themselves. Carmen McCollum, whom we last spoke to a few episodes ago about Northwest Indiana charter schools, has seen a mix of positive and negative reception. The last time I talked to some students, they kind of felt a little bit, um, I'm not going to say lost, but a little bit perturbed about not being in their building that they were familiar with, but they were becoming accustomed to um, the new Gosh. Dr. McNulty brings up an interesting point in regards to old and new in East Chicago schools. The original Gosh Elementary School by the West Calumet Complex was built in 1959. And then a new one was rebuilt in 1999, a state-of-the-art facility for its time and up until now. In light of the lead contamination, this prized facility now no longer gets to be used. Um, Knowing that we're moving from a building that was our newest building in the district and was a beautiful building to one of our oldest buildings in the district. So, you know, there's no, you know, I can put a fresh coat of paint on it all I want. It's still the oldest building in the district. Uh, It's certainly not even close to the, um, you know, the facilities that they had at the old Cary Gosh, and it never will be. So the question becomes, what to do with the land? Dr. McNulty has some choices, such as demolition or repurposing the building. But she's working to get the school included in the EPA's Superfund site, for the property, not the school, is included. Another option is for the school to be considered a brownfield site by the EPA, where, as a plot designated unfit for its intended industrial or commercial purpose, would be cleaned and then sold off to a potential buyer. But as Dr. McNulty and Carmen noted in the interview, who wants to invest in an area where there is or was contaminated land? And so, um, and so that would take um, that would take some uh, congressional um, work done at the oh, Treasury Department. Okay. Okay. And, and you talk, you mentioned to me that you had talked to Pete Visklowski. I've talked to Mark Lopez through Mark P- Lopez. Uh-huh. and okay. I've talked with uh, Joe Donnelly several mm-hmm. times um, and Dan Coates. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it, it would take them to do some work um, in Congress to uh, include us in the Superfund site and to uh, 
help uh, amend that Superfund resolution. Uh, Glenda Ritz and I are also um, going to Washington, D.C. together um, uh, in the end of November um, to talk with uh, uh, several of the U.S. senators there in person and to talk with them about our story and our concerns and to talk with them about our needs here in East Chicago. The general thing we all seem to muse on at some point is simply this. What was going on decades ago and throughout these years? If anyone knew, who did? And why was nothing said or done? No one seems to have known, despite the fact that this dates back to the 1900s, right. that, 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 that there was a problem with lead, mm-hmm. with all of the issues that are going on. The two previous school board members who I talked to mm-hmm. said there was never any mention of lead. Mm-hmm. And I guess I kind of wonder why. Yeah, I, I would wonder the same thing. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure why, um, because you know, since I have been in the middle of this, everybody I talk to says, well, we've all known it's been here for 30 some years. So um, I, I don't understand why it hasn't been discussed or dealt with. And I think one of the things that I was also told was that because uh, even though it had been here, they were not told to move at that time. That's correct. They were told that they could remediate it or right. treat it or whatever. Yes. But but now the situation has gotten to the point that so many children have got this lead level in their blood system. Mm-hmm. That's and right. that's, that's a big issue. That's right. Hey, hey, hey. How are you? Hey, what's happening? Even on our way out, Carmen saw a school City of East Chicago trustee board member, Jesse Gomez, and wondered the same thing with him. Do you think, though, that it just did, it wasn't not communicated? Was, did nobody not, not give those reports? Because, you know, when I was talking to Senator Randolph, one of the things he said was, whenever you're building a new building, there have got to be environmental reports. Somebody had to have said something. Did yeah. they just not? <clears throat> communicate that or what? But I don't know. Um, I know that uh, I talked to our attorney, Leslie Atkins. I know he was trying to research the, you know, the genesis of how that how the building came to be. Um, but who knows where those things are archived right now and what, what reports were, were actually left behind if, if, if even sent over here. I don't know who would have. I'm not even sure who did the building, to be honest with you. What we learned about Kerry Gosh from Carmen's reporting was not only its history. Right now, the waters of the situation are roiling and tumultuous. Even though the school has found a new location and is back to business as usual, there's a lot of work to be done for a lot of people, but definitely for Dr. McNulty. I think that there is certainly some optimism on her part because I think that it was just such a huge issue to deal with, and it's still such a huge issue. This story has garnered national attention. We've been in many papers across the country, including the New York Times, the Atlanta Journal and Constitution, the CNN. It's been everywhere, and and so many people have likened this to the situation in Flint, Michigan. Now, with that kind of scrutiny, the region and its leaders feel the pressure to do the right thing at every single turn. Truth be told, this is now no longer a local issue. It's a national issue. The old Kerry Gosh building at West Calumet sits empty now, as though it were still summer break. No more classes, no more kids running through the halls, no more garden outside. Officials are waiting with bated breath to see what the next few months hold in store. Will the school be included in the Superfund? Will the old building be demolished? 
Will there be funds and resources to put towards the school's old mortgage as well as its new life? Carmen read us Glenda Ritt's comments on a tentative future for the school and answers to some of those questions. She basically said, quote, my outreach team is providing ongoing support and resources to the community and we continue to evaluate what flexibility may be available to free up additional resources and federal funding for East Chicago schools. I look forward to working with the General Assembly during the upcoming legislative session to address my financial concerns. I think it's really interesting that the two of them are going to Washington, D.C. at the end of November. That's a really good thing because they'll be able to talk to some people and address those issues and see if there is any federal funding. Until then, you can imagine what everybody close to the school's future is saying to each other, to the community, to the nation as it watches on. We'll just have to wait and see. Two-part episode because there seems to be just a lot here. Yeah. And a lot is... School starting. A lot's going on. So yeah. there you go. That's going to be a big thing, I think. Yeah. The, well, now with the kids relocating, maybe not. So In much. August, I, I when we visited the West Calumet Housing Complex with Lauren Cross, we walked up to Carrie Gosh. Which is... That's... Carrie Gosh. That's Carrie Gosh. Yeah. Very end of a street called, oh, it's very end of Gladiola. It's sort of fenced in. It's got a basketball court um, right in the center of the neighborhood. Yes. It was quiet and inactive, gates closed. Nobody knew, though they might have suspected, that the doors of the school would never open again. But as the time has traced the school's journey since that day, we've seen not a failure, but a great effort by the community and the state's education department and the media to prove that there's hope for Carrie Gosh. And even though so much of this history is about buildings and locations and soil and moving, what reporting like Carmen's has made very clear is that it isn't just about a facility. It's about the kids, of course. And after all, the kids at Carrie Gosh this year aren't just students. They're yet another vital part of East Chicago's legacy. Byline is a production of the Times in Northwest Indiana. If you want to find more of our episodes and any of the latest ones that come out each Monday, they're all at nwi.com slash podcasts. Byline is also on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and you can find us by just typing in NWI Byline in the search bar. And if you've got a media player and want to simply download our episodes, our podcast is available on iTunes, Google Play, and Stitcher. We just kindly ask that you rate us and leave a review. It actually really helps. And don't be shy. We'd like to hear from you, whether that's constructive comments, feedback, or any suggestions for topics you're interested in us researching. Just drop us an email at nwibyline at gmail.com. Reporting for this week's episode came from Carmen McCullum, as well as Kale Wilk and me, Andrew Jones. Thanks also to Dr. Paige McNulty for giving us some of her time to talk about Carrie Gosh and what the future holds both for her and the school. So many people at the Times have carefully and lovingly developed our information about the East Chicago-led story, which we'll continue to revisit in the future. The Times started the ball rolling on this still-unfolding story, and we're pleased to continue bringing you that story of the lead contamination by way of their amazing work. Finally, uh, do you know who Summer Moore is? 
Well, she created this show, she's the Times Digital and Audience Engagement Editor, and she worked pretty hard last week. So, if you see her around, pat her on the back for a job well done and a podcast well created. I'm Kale Wilk. I'm Andrew Jones. And as always, thank you so much for listening and have a great week.